Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show today. <clears throat> you know I love all of you. Listeners, oh my goodness, this is my 21st year on the air, 21 years on Voice America. And you know what? How could it happen without all of you? And my listeners around the world, Richard Roberts with the State Department in Brazil. How are you? You are such a great person, Richard. Gang Yang Cho in South Korea also with the State Department, from Indonesia, Kazakhstan, Japan, Panama, all of the company countries I've been to, I want you all to know it's the State Department that has made all of this possible. And today, from Argentina to China to Russia to Japan to Brazil to Finland, all of those countries... Thank you for listening. Oh, my goodness. And we have new co- new countries like Zanzibar. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you know what I say? This one person th- that is on here in Saudi Arabia, it doesn't matter if you're one person. One person can make a difference. You can make a difference in the quality of life of a person with a disability that feels They don't count, and everyone counts. Special shout-out to Yoshiko Dart. Yoshiko, you are wonderful. Thank you for constantly supporting me and the Bender Leadership Academy and Highmark, who has been the lead sponsor of this show for years, and David Holmberg kicked off the year in January, the CEO They have this year hiring 34 people with disabilities from Bender to celebrate the 34th anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And oh my goodness, we have the author of the Americans with Disabilities Act with us today, Tony Coelho. And I am just, uh, can't believe it, but we have Valerie Jarrett the Chief Executive Officer and member of the board of the Obama Foundation. Tony and Valerie, welcome. It's so excited to have both of you together on the show. Well, I'm delighted to be here with the two of you. Yeah, and I love Valerie, so I'm excited that you're on the call, Valerie. Thank you. Well, you know, Valerie, you were on when... President Obama, before his first year, you called me from some fundraising event. You called into the show. So that's the last time you were on. uh, And it's amazing. The history of all of this with all of the listeners is always history. So Valerie is the recent recipient of the Tony Quello Award, named after the Honorable Tony Quello, who is a prestigious, it is a prestigious national award. And I want to mention, it is not given out every year. 
sometimes we go for several years. This is only given out when it is a prominent impact leader and impact on the employment of people with disabilities. You know, we just don't give it out to give it out. It's a very prestigious award, and Valerie Jarrett certainly uh, appreciated it. Just to give you an example, we have presented this to CEOs, prominent leaders, politicians, federal agencies like the National Security Agency. Um, And, you know, it's just been so exciting to be part of this. Tony, as you know, this award is given to someone who has significantly impacted the employment of people with disabilities, and that is Valerie. So first, if you could remind our listeners of this historic civil rights law, you are responsible as the author of the Americans with Disabilities Act and how that impacts employment. Thank you, Joyce. It's always great to be on your show. Um, As we know, uh, the ADA is now uh, 33 years old. Um, It has tremendously impacted the United States, but in line with your opening comments, it is now the law of the land in over 50 different countries, Uh, not exactly what the U.S. has, but in effect, uh, the ADA has impacted other countries to follow through with their type of ADA. So uh, we have imported something that's very significant for people with disabilities worldwide. Um, as folks know, that the main thing that uh, ADA does is uh, gives the government an opportunity to uh, insist that companies and states and cities uh, comply with the ADA. And, and as a result of that, whoever is appointed by the president as the um, secretary, um, excuse me, the attorney general, uh, then appoints uh, the head of the civil rights division. And that person uh, can then go ahead and enforce the law and aggressively go after people who are not complying with unemployment, excuse me, with employment or discrimination in different, different ways. So uh, it was great uh, that during the President Obama's administration uh, that we had people like Tom Perez and at DOJ and Civil Rights Division uh, enforcing the law. Uh, of course, uh, President Obama was a great advocate and really uh, made a difference for our community. Uh, employment for people with disabilities has increased, and with this administration, it continues to enforce it. Uh, very aggressively, and that will increase the numbers of people with disabilities that uh, are employed. We have a long way to go, but uh, at least the ADA put in place a mechanism um, so that it could be enforced. The ADA is of no value unless there is enforcement, and and the ADA, we do provide for uh, that enforcement through the Department of Justice, and it has been working. So I'm very, very happy and proud of the fact that uh, it has made a huge difference in regards to our community. And, and I am so proud to have known you since, yes, 
the late 90s, because 21, 21 years I've been on the radio, but I started Bender Consulting in 1995. We're getting ready for our 30th year, finding employment for people with disabilities. And when I met Tony, he was the chair of the President's Committee on Employment of People with Disabilities, reporting to President Clinton. And the rest is history that, you know, he ended up being the chair of the Bender Advisory Board. Uh, but I love him and we are very close and just so proud to know the author of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And by the way, when I was talking about the Tony Quello Award, before Valerie, uh, over maybe six years or seven years ago, that's what I mean when sometimes we go years because I'm not going to give this award just to give the award. It was David Holmberg, the CEO of Highmark, and he certainly deserves the award, as has everyone else uh, from other CEOs like Russ Owen and Paul Cafone and Greg Babe at Bear to senators like Senator uh, Durbin. I mean, so many, so many great leaders that impacted the employment of people with disabilities. But we'll have a time when we go year after year, like the next winner is Judy Woodruff. But then we have times where several years go by and we choose not to award it. And boy, did we choose a great person with Valerie Jarrett, who has led a life of fighting for the rights of all marginalized groups. You made it a priority um, and you were able to impact the White House on so many civil rights issues. So two questions. First, with your life, this has been your core. Why, how, and how did you impact uh, the White House? And number two, what did it mean to you to receive the Tony Quello Award? Well, Joyce, good afternoon. Tony, I'm delighted to be here with you. Maybe I'll ask, answer the first, the second question first because Tony's on the line. And so I have a chance to say to him just how deeply honored I would be to receive an award. I was to receive an award in his name, someone with his legacy who made such a dramatic difference, not in just in the lives of the people with disabilities, but in the lives of all of America. Uh, and to have done it in the way that he did it um, is just remarkable. I think of Tony as a great man, but I also think of him as a good man, a good and decent and kind man. And any time he came into my office, as he would, I hope, attest, the door was always wide open. And I knew that by the time he left, my answer would be yes. Um, so why is this work important to me? I think um, the values in which my parents raised me, Joyce, uh, to try to make the world a little fairer, a little bit more equal for everyone, and to have had the extraordinary privilege of serving all eight years in the White House for not just someone who I thought was an outstanding president, whose true north was making our country, you know, of opportunity available for all. I often say that, look, talent is ubiquitous, but opportunity is not. And President Obama understood that. And so to have a chance to serve in his administration and try to open those doors of opportunity to as many people as I could 
was a privilege and opportunity of a lifetime. And in a sense, I feel like my whole life I was preparing for that opportunity that I had. And um, so many people I know were counting on us to look out for them. And that was the way we approached that time of service. Because if you're going to be a public servant, you really have to first listen to the people who you're there to serve and figure out ways of making their lives better. And that has been always my driving force, and I was thrilled to do it uh, from the highest position of the land. Yeah, well, Joyce, that is really... Joyce, yeah. let, me make, let me make a comment based on what Valerie just said. I just want your listeners to know that um, President Obama was a tremendous positive force for us. But what we had is that we had in Valerie the whip uh, to make it happen. Um, uh, she was willing to set up meetings uh, to listen to uh, what we wanted. And then she was able to get the president to sit down and listen to what we needed. And as a result of that, we got things done. There are many examples that I know Joyce is going to bring up later. But I just want people to really understand uh, Valerie's role. She was a confidant of the president. Uh, and known him a long time. He trusted her, and she trusted us, and we were able to do some very, very good things. But Valerie was the glue that made it all happen, and with the personality and the smarts that she has, uh, it was exciting to work with her and have the impact that we did because of her. So thank you, That's Valerie. very kind of you. No, Tony, thank you. You're very kind, and as I said, uh, it was always easy to say yes because you every time you – came in with an idea, a suggestion, a recommendation, it was the right thing to do. And we just had to figure out how to get it done. And, and, and part of the success of the Obama administration is having allies, advocates, advocates, ordinary people around our country who cared enough to get involved. And Tony and Joyce, you too, were always willing to show up. You were always you know, an advocate, you were all, you also came in with solutions. You didn't just tell me what to do. You said, here's how you could do it and get it done. And having partners like you made a tremendous difference. It's how we were able to have an impact. Well, thank you, Valerie. But I got to tell you, uh, you're just, you are absolutely one of the best people I know. And, you know, here you are. So powerful. You're there at the White House, the right-hand person to uh, the president as an advisor. And when I would when I came there the first time to meet you, I mean, you treated me so graciously. And I just want to tell all of you, you know how you see someone on TV or you hear about them uh, or you've read their book like Valerie, but they're different? When they're not in front of the camera, oh, that's not her. Now, she is the real deal. I can tell you that she is the same. You know, she's not like I'm all that, even though she is. But she doesn't, <laughs> she, but she doesn't uh, act like that. Uh, and I just so blessed to say that she is a friend of mine. And by oh, the right way, Valerie, I want to tell you something, a little story you don't know. When the night, first time, first administration, when President Obama was elected, I was at a hotel in D.C., and I had uh, something going on in the room 
uh, that we needed. And the person that called the room uh, was a person of color and she worked in housekeeping. And of course, I immediately like loved her and became telephone buddies that night. And when President Obama won, she called me in the room Damn. and she was she was crying. And 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 so was I. I said, "Yes, this is the greatest day in America." But you know, when you're talking to him, even the housekeeper, it, you know, it just. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget that. That's a wonderful that. Uh, memory. Yes, a it wonderful is. A wonderful memory second. indeed. Yes. Um, so, Valerie, you did have an enormous impact on the employment of people with disabilities. Just as Tony said, here's another thing I won't forget. Tony said to you, Valerie, what do we need to do, to, you know, to help getting Section 503 enforced? I mean, we could, you know, we could bring different people in that have gone through things or different situations, and Joyce could, you know, to talk about this. What do we need to do? And you looked at both of us and said, nothing. <laughs> and even, that was it. Nothing I do remember answer. that. Yeah, you didn't have to do anything. Answered. You had me with a low. Of course it was the right thing to do. Yes, that's what I mean. We that just what Tony said. Um and, and I could not believe after that how fast the proposed rules came out, Tony. I was so thrilled to be there with you, with Valerie. See, I always remember this. Um, but I have a question. We could have gone to anyone. You know a lot of people, needless to say. I worked with all the past presidents, uh, but you said, no, we have to go see Valerie. Why did you choose Valerie? Well, that's an easy one. I knew that she had the uh, ability to get it done. She has the smarts, but she had the contact that was critical. So when we talked to her, she agreed with us and agreed to set up a meeting uh, with the president, and so in the room uh, was the president of the United States, was the secretary, uh, excuse me, the head of the, uh, no, it had just become secretary of labor, Tom Perez, and some advocates. And when we presented, finished uh, the presentation uh, to the president, um, he turned to Valerie and said, uh, why don't we get it done? Let's do it now. And so Valerie and Tom then met for an hour and a half or something like that, Valerie, and that's the end of it. It was done. But we went to Valerie because we knew that she could get to the president, and then we could go from there. So very easy to do. Um, Valerie was so kind and gracious, um, and I, as I can say to to the two of you and to your listeners, I think everybody knows my ministry and my passion is disabilities, but it was so great to have uh, Valerie have you there uh, to implement a lot of the things that our community have been working for for years uh, that we were able to accomplish uh, because of your relationship with the president <clears throat> and his his uh, respect for you and so forth. 
And that was, it was an unbelievable time, and I'll always love you for that. And I love you, too. I love you right back. I think part of the magic of working in the president's administration was meeting people like the two of you who really just came in there trying to do the right thing. And the the closeness and the love that I feel for you, too, and the appreciation and respect for what I feel for everything that you all have accomplished in your professional lives is just tremendous. And so I'm just honored to be with you both. Uh, I truly consider you friends. And oftentimes, what was that old adage? If you want to have a friend in Washington, you know, get a dog. And I think that (laughs) that is really just not a fair comment because um, I really do feel this enormous sense of affection for the two of you. And I didn't know you. I knew you by reputation before I met you, but I didn't know you well. But over those eight years, and Joyce, you, of course, began during the campaign when I came out to visit and saw the remarkable job you were doing and then came back again. Um, and so those relationships are really important to me, and, and um, not just the relationships, but all we were able to accomplish together. Well, I just want, uh, again, I have to reiterate to my listeners why Valerie Jarrett received this award. What is she like? She just told you about coming to Pittsburgh. I had not met her before. And the disability community was having a fundraiser for President Obama. This is, again, before he was President Obama. First time. First administration. So in the uh, with us there, and Tony couldn't be there, but he was one of the biggest uh, supporters of that event uh, financially, he was so excited we were doing this. People with disabilities behind the, uh, hopefully, and thank God it was, the upcoming president. Uh, but anyway, Valerie got to meet Jamie Protho. And Jamie is African-American. He has cerebral palsy very significantly. Uh, difficult time speaking. He actually operates his wheelchair with his arms behind him. It looks like there's a remote control on the, on the seat uh, that he can reach. And why? Because he has so much spasticity in his arms that he would not be able to control even a power chair. So I know Valerie will remember this, but when I met Jamie, the story is he had on his resume, I will accept $10,000 a year because of my disability. And when I saw it, I said, whoever told you to put this on, take it off. Uh, And by the way, you know how he'll take $10,000? His degree was master's degree in rehab and technology from the University of Pittsburgh. And that night, Valerie got to meet Jamie and his mother, Janet, who told Valerie, I was so excited to meet you. I went out to the Salvation Army and got this $9 dress, and I'm just so <laughs> thrilled that I'm getting to meet you. And I, I, the next day, well, first of all, she then wanted to meet all these other people with disabilities at this event. And one of her uh, security guards or handlers, whatever you call this person, came up and said, Miss Jarrett, we need to be going. And she said, no, 
I want to talk to everyone. <laughs> There's an example of what I mean, but I know you remember Jamie, Valerie. I do very well, very well. And his mom was there too, I think. Yeah, that, that's who bought mm-hmm. the dress, who told you I bought the dress. Yes, she yep. was there also. And the next day, Tony, I'm going to D.C., and I look at my cell phone, and it says, it's blocked. This call's coming in. I think, oh, my goodness, who could that be? And I answered the phone, Joyce, this is Valerie. And I just called to tell you I got more out of that dinner than you can ever imagine, and I am going back to tell the president. Next thing I know, in the next several days, on Twitter, which I still call Twitter, I see all of these you know, different tweets from POTUS about people with disabilities. And I said, well, I know where that came. I'm telling all these stories because I also want you all to know, when I said she's the real deal, I am not kidding. I mean, she really is amazing. And Tony, you knew Valerie before, right? You knew her before. Well, I knew, yes, I knew her, but her her reputation followed. I mean, she, Valerie has always been a, powerhouse uh, uh, in Chicago, um, and people have known her, of course. I knew her. Um, And, you know, when she became the top advisor to President Obama, none of us were surprised. Uh, We were thrilled, but none of us were surprised. That's very sweet, Tony. I appreciate that. I really do. That's very kind. you know, I mean it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the uh, I don't I don't mind saying negatives, and I love to say positives. So, um, if there was a negative, I would say it, but there is none. Um, I just I I can't say enough about um, uh, attitudes of people. Uh, you know, immediately if they're going to help or they're just going to listen. Um, and Valerie was always the one who would say to me, uh, get to the point. Um, <laughs> and so she, she wasn't, she wasn't interested in all the fluff and everything else. She wanted to know what's your problem. Let's see what we can do to help. And, uh, uh, I can remember one time we, Joyce and I had a meeting with Valerie and, Joyce goes through security, is in the meeting with Valerie, and half hour later, I'm still at the security booth and can't get in. So Valerie has to make a call, and I finally get through, and I get to the office, and Joyce and Valerie have been talking. And so she says, Valerie says, what are your what is your point? And so I went bang, bang, bang real quick. And Valerie said, okay, we'll follow through. And the meeting with I had with her lasted maybe... 10 minutes because I was so late in getting in, but that's Valerie. Um, and so I'm mortified that they kept you at the gate. I'm just mortified. (laughs) I know that, but it was, it was, it was just a a wonderful comment. But anyway, um, the, you know, Valerie also had this wonderful and still does, of course, this wonderful relationship with Michelle Obama. Um, and, uh, that always helps in regards to anything you need in in a White House uh, or f- from a White House. Uh, if you have Valerie's support and, and 
and Valerie was able to get us that support when we needed. So uh, I I can't say enough for um, what the Obamas did for us, but we know that Valerie was the one who gave us our credibility. Um, we are enjoying the relationship with President Biden, um, but uh, Valerie was the glue for us and set a standard, and we have uh, pushed to get that same standard under the current administration. So, love you much. Love you right back, Tony. Thank you. And, and, and you can see why, once again, hearing all this, because I want you to share this podcast everywhere, but I want you to tell everyone you heard Valerie Jarrett, the Tony Coelho Award winner, because I guarantee you if she would meet a company saying we need to hire people with disabilities, she would say call Joyce Bender. I mean, she I surely is. Would. I surely yes, would. Yes, I know you would. And uh, I have. Not only would I, but I have. Well, there you go. And, and so, I have a new idea for you, which I'm not going to mention on the air, but I got another company that I think could use your help. Oh, you are so awesome. You know, I can't begin to tell you how much I care about you. You know when you said about Tony being a good man? That's yes. you. You're a good you're a good woman. You're not That's just the, the famous compliment. Valerie Jarrett. Well, I mean it. You are. You're a to whom much is given, much is required, and boy, did you do it. You really came through on that. And also, Tony, I know you specifically. You're, you are so wanting to empower young people living with disabilities all the time. Uh, and you know, uh, I, I follow your lead. And I started the Bender Leadership Academy on a volunteer basis some 20 years ago, helping high school students with disabilities prepare for the world of work fight bullying, and learn how to vote. And when we finally became, in 2018, a 501c3, what happened next is as we started these classes, we said, you know what? We really need to have something firm about voting. I'm going to call Valerie Jarrett and see if we can use her name for Jarrett Community Engagement. And when I called, she took the call, and she was exercising. She was on a treadmill <laughs> or <good>. something. <laughs> and, she, and I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. She said, no, that's okay. That's okay. And I, and I told her what I wanted to do. And she said, absolutely. And Valerie, I also listened to you about teaching them to vote locally. You know, not just for the congressman or senator or president, but locally. Um, and we're teaching them how to vote and uh, also about accessibility. You know, so even if they're not old enough to vote, we're still teaching them, which most of them aren't right now, to prepare them and to let them know that you have the greatest power as a citizen, and that is uh, the right to vote. And I know this is very important to you, um, getting people registered and voting, and a passion not only of you, but of uh, Mrs. Obama, 
do you want to talk about that for a minute? I certainly would. So um, several years ago, Michelle Obama launched an organization called When We All Vote, which is now a part of Civic Nation. And I chair the board of Civic Nation, and it is a not-for-profit 501c3, so it has nothing to do with politics. It has everything to do with governance and our democracy. And one of the main foundations of our democracy, of course, is the phrase, we the people. And what that means is is that in a democracy, those who are elected are there to represent the people. Well, that only works if the people actually vote the people that they think should be in office in office and then hold those people accountable. And so what we try to do through When We All Vote is increase the number of people who are informed and educated voters. We do not tell you who to vote for, but we do say, you know, figure out what you care about. Look at the people's records who are running. If you don't like the people who are running, go find somebody whose record you do like and encourage them to run. And then once they vote, you can't just walk away. You have to hold them accountable. And you can do that in the ways that you did by coming in the office and saying, look, President Obama ran on a platform that he cared about making opportunities available for people with disabilities. Here are the ways that he can deliver on that promise. If you just elect somebody and you just say, and you never come back again, then other people are going to come in and push their priorities. And so you can't just vote. You have to vote and be engaged. And I am concerned that so many people around the country do not vote. And not just, you know, as you said, Joyce, it doesn't just matter who's the president of the United States, although that's obviously an important job, but who's on your local school board if it's elected? Who's in your city council? Who's approving the budget that's overseeing your taxes? Who's the mayor? Who's the, who are the prosecutors deciding which charges to bring against which people? All of these people at the city, county, state, who's your governor? Who's in the state legislature drawing the maps to determine your representation? Um, the laws that um, apply to your states on a whole range of issues. And, and who's in Congress and who's in the White House? All important. And so we spent a lot of time and energy just trying to encourage people to um, open up their networks. And so influential people can convince other people to vote in a way that maybe I, as a stranger, cannot. And so we have great co-chairs who are out and about around the country and saying, if our country is going to truly be a democracy that is a beacon of hope for the world, which is what we've always been in terms of a democracy, then the core importance of voting has got to get across. Uh, and that's what we, the people, are supposed to be all about. And the name of the organization, again, is? It's Civic Nation, and if you go onto our civicnation.org website, you will find When We All Vote, which is one of our key programs. Anyone can get involved, sign up, be a volunteer, roll up your sleeves in your own community. I always say service begins at home. Just get everybody on your block registered to vote. Everybody in your you know, place of business, register to vote. Encourage your employers to give people time off, paid time off to vote. It's the big thing I think that the business community has started to do earnestly in the last several years, which is to recognize not everybody, you know, not everywhere can you vote absentee, not everywhere can you vote on a Saturday with early vote. Many people have to vote on Tuesday on election day. And so give them the time to go exercise that important right. That's part of your civic duty as a business leader. You have corporate responsibilities that go into your corporate citizenship. And that's a very important part of being a good corporate citizen.
Yes, it is. And I always tell people, you know, you can't complain if you don't vote. If you don't you really vote, can. you really you can't. can't complain. You really can't. Don't, right. don't complain. Right. You have to vote. If vote. you want to change, you that have is... to vote. Mm-hmm. Right, Valerie? That's, exa- that's exactly right. And I know Tony agrees as well. I mean, this is, this is one of our challenges in our country is to encourage people not to be apathetic, but to really understand the power that they have through the ballot box. Tony, what do you in, think in about line, this? In line with that, uh, when I was chair of the campaign committee for House Democrats, I would always say, uh, you know, if you vote or if you put down one dollar for a candidate that's running for local office, state office, federal office, you then feel like you have, uh, uh, that you're part of the game, that you're part of what's going on, and then you'll participate and you will get things done. Um, you know, uh, one of the things I tried to do uh, over the years is getting more and more people uh, uh, participating at the local level so that uh, you can be doing things uh, further up the ladder if you want. Um, but it's our, our country is so, so dependent upon participation. Uh, we only, our forefathers set up a lot of gray area in the Constitution, and it's all based on uh, people involvement, your involvement, making sure that you participate, that you make a difference. It's a wonderful constitution. It's a wonderful form of government that we have, the best in the world, uh, but it only works if we participate. Uh, and, and we have nothing to complain about if we don't. And there's so many people who complain, but they don't vote. And so uh, it's particularly uh, helpful to get young people to vote because once you start voting, you'll end up always voting. That's exactly um, so right. The work that, that's such a good right? point, Tony. So, yeah. And well, that's, in that first election, that's what, we vote become a lifelong voter. Yeah. And that's what you're doing, Valerie, which is what I love. I mean, um, I think getting young people engaged and involved and, and we know that, uh, President Obama, uh, brought out a lot of, uh, young people, uh, to the polls that voted then and are still voting today. Um, and his leadership and, Getting that done has been tremendously helpful, and we sure need it going forward. Thank you. Let me take a moment. Let me take a moment here to. uh, Let me take a moment here to give some specifics, Uh, um, and that is that when the Federal Contractors Act, uh, when it was adopted, it basically said that federal contractors and subcontractors um, needed to hire certain people, women. Uh, people of color, uh, and the disabled. The Over the years, and we're, we're talking about something that was adopted 45 years ago or whatever, um, and so it was easy to basically identify women. It was easy basically to identify people of color. But there was no definition of disabilities that uh, was used by the federal government. Um, the ADA uh, basically started to developed that uh, definition of of people with disabilities. But the law had not been enforced in regards to people with disabilities for all those years. And so uh, we had a meeting with President Obama and 
Valerie and so forth, and with several people from the community, uh, Valerie had set this up, and uh, then a federal order came out uh, saying that uh, people with disabilities that must be hired by contractors and subcontractors, federal. And as a result of the very first year that we in effect, 464,000 people within the, with disabilities got hired. I don't know what the number is today, but just the mere impact of an executive order to enforce a law that had been on the books for years, um, Valerie helped make that happen. I was there, um, and she's the one who helped us get that done. Uh, so when you talk about employment with people with disabilities, uh, governors and presidents can make a huge difference. And in that case, uh, Valerie and, and uh, President Obama made a huge difference, and that is still the law of the land today that federal contractors and subs uh, have to hire people with disabilities. It wasn't that enforced in the last uh, in the previous administration. Uh, this administration is aggressively pushing it. Um, and it's making a difference, and we have more and more people with disabilities uh, hired uh, for work. And the reason for that is that those of us with disabilities, if we have a paycheck uh, and a legitimate paycheck, uh, if we have a, a paycheck, we can participate in society like everybody else. We can buy a house, rent a house, buy a car, lease a car. We can pay for groceries, we can take family somewhere and so forth. Our pride is on the line. And when you give us, recognize that we uh, should get a job, can get a job, you then create that whole uh, feeling of self-worth that is so important for our community. And so I applaud you, Valerie, for that particular instance where, where you were so involved and we got over 400,000 people with disabilities hired in one year. This is just as it should be. And the employers who hired them are far better off as a result of it. And so breaking right. down this, right, but breaking down the stigma and the discrimination that we see all too often is a part of what we were trying to do as well. And to say, these are assets, that will, people are assets that will benefit your company and recognize the talent that's right before your very eyes. And, and Joyce and Tony, you all have been just trailblazers in getting that job done. And you have now employers who are prepared and willing to stand up and say, oh, my goodness, what a difference this person made to my company. And those tributes and testimonials go a long way towards opening up doors for more and more people. Well, Absolutely. I, I, I want to talk about something. I read this really good book called Finding My Voice, My Journey <laughs> to the West Wing and the Path Forward, written by Valerie Jarrett, and you can get it at Amazon or, you know, any of the stores. It's really good. When I was reading it, I'm thinking, I know her. I know. Yeah, I know you this know person. me well, right? I, I know this person. Uh, and it it is just, I love all the events you talked about, all the travels, wow, unbelievable. Uh, so I had to ask you this. What was your most memorable trip when you when you travel with the president? And also remember, everyone, Finding My Voice, 
My Journey to the West Wing and the Path Forward by Valerie Jarrett. So, so Valerie, what was your most memorable Oh, my gosh. All of them were. First of all, just getting on Air Force One, if I had ever thought that this girl from Chicago, Illinois, would be walking up the flight of stairs on Air Force One um, or Marine One, I would have never, I would have had to pinch myself. And so, I mean, look, I had a chance to see the pyramids with President Obama, to go to Buckingham Palace when the Queen hosted a state dinner. I went to Buchenwald, a concentration camp where Ellie Wiesel had been held, and I went there with President Obama and Ellie Wiesel and to listen to the blood-curdling story that um, Ellie Wiesel told of his time there was just um, an experience I'll never forget. Um, and then we went from there to Normandy um, and to hear the stories there again of what our troops did to try to fight for a fairer, more just country. Um I, I mean, I, we went all over. We went to India. We went to Saudi Arabia. We went to Israel, uh, just uh, to Cuba when we reestablished relations with Cuba. That was a landmark opportunity to, to witness firsthand. So I pinched myself so many times that I had the chance to see the world and see this country um, with President Obama and with Michelle Obama. It was just what an incredible experience. And now I have a chance to run their foundation, the Obama uh, Foundation, that's there to help the next generation give back, be of service, make a difference as leaders around the country and around our world. And I can't think of anything that could give me more pride and satisfaction at this stage in my life than to do that. Oh, that is so awesome. Well, it is a great book. You've got to buy you, that Jerry. book, everyone. You will love that book. It's so interesting. I really enjoyed it. Um, and before I go on, I think we have a caller on the line. Is Scott on? I am, Joyce. How are you, Scott? Joyce, I am doing wonderful, and this is a great show. Uh, hello, Valerie. Hello, Tony. Hello there. Hello, Scott. And the reason why I'm calling Joyce is I wanted to personally thank Valerie Jarrett for, you know, giving her name and guidance for the, the Jarrett community engagement that we use with our uh, students in the Bender Leadership Academy where we're, we're just teaching them about self-advocacy and disability rights and the importance of voting and how to take action um, as well. And it's been, uh, we've been doing it for a few years now and uh, the, the Students are so engaged and they're, they're fired up. So I just wanted to call, take a minute, and just to thank, thank you, you Scott. Uh, That's so kind of you. Absolutely. Well, Scott is the leader and runs the Bender Leadership Academy. So um, that's why, Valerie, he got through and other people did not. That's why <laughs> I took that call. So, uh, Scott really cares about these students uh and scott we're gonna do this when we all vote right absolutely Please, we need your help thanks, i'm on scott. it and so thanks. are our students yes thanks scott thank you joyce thank you everyone bye-bye yeah that is the uh Jared Community Engagement and Valerie, we somehow have to connect with the uh, with you with the when we all vote because this yes. is we we in Pennsylvania were very important in voting. Not that 
everyone's important in voting, but we are ready. Here it comes, fired up and ready to go. Yes, one indeed. Of favorite, that's, that's one of my favorite right. <laughs> That's right. So, um, Valerie, I'll ask you this first. Why do you think, you know, still today, how is it possible that 70% of people with disabilities are not counted in the workforce? Thank God for the work Tony and you and President Obama did, as Tony was just talking about. But if you were talking to a corporation, what would you tell them? Why should they hire people with disabilities with the skills they're looking for? Look, the most important thing that companies have today as they compete in a global marketplace, their most important asset is their human capital. And so why would you leave talent on the sidelines if you could have it on the field? Companies, who leaders who are running our companies should be looking for the most talented people out there and to overlook an entire category of people simply because they have a disability discounts their value that they can contribute in so many ways. And so the good news is that there are increasing number of employers who get that, who pride themselves on being inclusive in their hiring practices, and as a result, they're harnessing every bit of talent that's available, and that's how they're going to be competitive. Yeah, amen. So, Tony? Right, so I, I, well, I, just one last thing. I think a lot of people focus on what's the right thing to do, and I always start with that. That's how I was raised. But I also say in this climate, When every penny counts, you better also do what's good for business. And what's good for business is find talent wherever it is. So true, because it's a business investment, not charity. Exactly. You know, I always say people with disabilities need paychecks, not pity. Uh, Tony, what would your your message be, Tony? Well, I agree with Valerie on, on one thing, stigma. Now, stigma is such an awful thing for those of us with disabilities because the assumption is we can't do something as opposed to saying, what can you do? Um, And so getting rid of stigma, which is going to be very difficult to do, but we have to keep fighting for it. And I'm on several corporate boards. I insist on the boards that I serve on that we hire people with disabilities. I'm chairman of a bank board in New York. And uh, we are hiring people through Joyce uh, for our company, also at uh, another major company in Texas. Uh, but I think that each of us, that we're in, wherever we're involved, we have to convince the leadership of a company that you it's the right thing to do, not for uh, uh, humanitarian purposes or whatever. It's the right thing to do for your business. Uh, people, those of us with disabilities, uh, want a job. Uh, and if you provide us the, with the opportunity, we will not only do a good job, we will be timely everything else, and we'll be appreciative of it. Uh, it's a great opportunity for people, and we should, uh, as individuals, try as much as possible to convince companies, small or large, uh, to hire people with disabilities. Right. As I said, it's not charity. It's a business investment. People that will be there with the highest retention, grateful. And by the way, you already have people with disabilities working for you. You just don't know it. 
They're not telling you they have epilepsy, depression, bipolar disorder, MS. So some of the people that are your top performers, they they already have, they're there. They have disabilities. Uh, Valerie, before we close the show today, I have to ask you, who is your role model? Because obviously someone had a tremendous impact on you. Oh, well, that's easy. My parents. I was so fortunate to have um, unconditional love from parents who set very high expectations for me, not in terms of what I would do, but how I would behave, and um, who also gave me a safety net for when I stumbled and fell and knew I could take chances because they were right there to catch me to this day. My 95-year-old mom gives me advice all the time. And I was really lucky to be born into that family, but it was also a family that believed in service. And so the the role models that both of my parents were in terms of deciding to think about not just themselves, but how they could be of service to others is what has been my true north throughout my life. Oh, that's wonderful. That is, that is wonderful. Well, you can tell. Hey, Tony, what about you? Well, I have two, Joyce, and from different uh, aspects. First off, John F. Kennedy. Um, As a result of his service and involvement, I decided to um, not become a trial lawyer, but become uh, uh, active in other ways. I decided to become uh, a Catholic priest. Um, And so... Everything about what he stood for and uh, and what he tried to do and so forth was so impactful to me that I've often uh, read things about him over and over again just to make sure I was on the right track of what he was trying to get done. The second one uh, is based on um, my uh, religion and that uh, Pope John uh, was uh, such an inspiration to me. Uh, of how he uh, tried to get more and more people feeling the faith, whatever faith they have, but feeling the faith of how to make a difference in this world. And so I have uh, based my life basically on the two of them. Um, And how do you do good? How do you work hard to get it done? And how do you, in effect, believe in a spiritual being? How do you um, make a difference in the life of of people with individuals, of people with disabilities? I always say that disability is my ministry and it's my passion. And it comes from these two individuals. Well, Tony, they had a great impact on you. Two great people, Valerie and Tony, thank you so much for being with us. Valerie Jarrett, Tony Quello Award winner. We end every show with a quote. And today that quote is, there is a job out there for everyone. And that includes people with disabilities, said Valerie Jarrett. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. I will talk to you all next week. And in the words of Mary Brocker, remember when you go out today, choose joy. Joy. 
Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. We are the leader in live Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com.